And now, for the show reflecting on classic radio, Hollywood 360, with your host, Carl Amari. You lost your magic. They knocked you off your game. Your Carlness went right out the window. What's with this Carlness? It's not even a, a real word. It's a conjunction, a preposition. It's a philosophy, a way of life. It's your name with miss attached to it. Bob, listen to me. If you'd have done what I asked you to and come in my dressing room before the show, you'd have known that you weren't supposed to come out here until I introduced you. Jack, I tried to get into your dressing room, but I didn't have a nickel. I understand you're pretty funny as a DJ, and comedy is a kind of hobby of mine. Well, well actually, it's a little more than just a hobby. Reader's Digest is considering publishing two of my jokes. Really? Yeah. From Hollywood, it's time now for... Honey Dollar. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, everyone. I'm Carl Amari, and this is Hollywood 360, the radio show that presents all things entertainment, including trivia contests and games, movie reviews, celebrity interviews, showbiz news, and classic radio shows. My co-host is the quintessential Lisa Wolf. In this hour, it's an amateur detective adventure with Mr. and Mrs. North from 1954. But first, it's Name That Tune. Lisa Wolf Cullen will play short clips from popular songs, and I'll try to name the tune. Right, Lisa? That's right, Carl. Is that how it works? That's how it works. I think you finally got it. Um, this edition. By Joe, I, I think you've got it. Could you tell me what musical that's from, perchance? Um, My Fair Lady. Yes. Oh no way! Wow, Get I am not kidding. Get out of here! Yeah, no, it's true because you know the your musicals. Out of here! <laughs> it's true. H e double hockey sticks. <laughs> it's true. All right, so it's you all... know these the corners and crevices in my mind. There's the, all these little things in my mind. Oh, there's you know? things in your mind. <laughs> all right, and I just <laughs> every once in a while one falls out of a crevice like mm-hmm. that and comes out and it's right. It's coming out of your brain or other places? Well, it's right out of your comes brain. out of my crevice. Okay. What crevice? <laughs> okay. Anyhow, um, this is all about Queen and I've got some great Queen songs. Unfortunately, we don't have a caller. No. Um, but it's going to be all about we you, have Carl. technical difficulties. We so can't take callers So the good tonight. news for you is yeah. you've got eons of win. time I'm gonna win to figure this out and you're going to win and we're yeah. all hoping you'll do some singing along the way because oh. you are a great singer I mean, people do love my singing so i know they do so here is i the don't know f- if they love it as much as i love it but right so here's the first song it was released in 1977 this guy could sing, huh? Mm-hmm. He's even better than me. No way. I think he is. Not a lot better, but... I've made a few. I've made a few. See, but these are all high. I can't sing high. It's all right. Sing it any key you can. I am the champion. We are the champions. That is exactly right. We I will take that. Are the champions, my friend? Oh, in the opera voice. And I'll keep on fighting till the end. Good. Huh? How's that? <laughs> <Pretty> <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Freddie Mercury is going to hunt you down and ask yeah. you to join the group. Anyway. Yeah. 
So that was released. <laughs> I have to turn him down because I do this show. You're every so busy. Saturday, I know. And I can't. Released in 1977 on the album News of the World. I got that right. Written right. by Freddie Mercury. You've got it right. You're going to get them all right. This is honestly considered one of rock's most recognizable anthems mm-hmm. for sure. So if you don't get that one, you're not going to get anything. True. All right. Here's the second song. Okay. This um, was released in 1974. She keeps away Yeah, I like this one. Oh, I mean, I chose that. Just like She's a killer. She's a killer. Queen. That's all you know. That is right, though. It is Killer, killer Queen, written by one. Freddie Mercury, and for their, their for their album Sheer Heart Attack, 1974, became their first U.S. hit, reached number 12 on it the chart. It was their first U.S. hit. Oh. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Here's mm-hmm. the next song released in 1976. Did you see the Queen movie? I was did. Great. Love it. That was quite the biopic. Or a biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody, 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 somebody to love. I need to go down. So I need to be deep because Freddie is so hot. <laughs> I need to be deep. Somebody to love. I'm hearing a little operatic portions uh, of your voice. Have you had lessons? <laughs> Andrea Bocelli is going to look for you yeah. next. Yeah, I've had lessons, just not soon. All right. Well, you've got that. Did you say what it was called? Um, Somebody to Love. Somebody to Love. Yeah. Written by Freddie Mercury, and it's from their album A Day at the Races. Mm. All right. Well, you're doing really well, Carl. You're winning this one. Wait, hang on. I didn't ding, get ding. a ding, ding. Okay, there we go. All right. Yeah. Here's the next one. All right. 1975. Is this the real life? Mm-hmm. Is this mm-hmm. just fantasy? Caught, Caught in a landslide. Reality. Open, Open your, your eyes. Look up, to the Look up at the sky and see. I'm just a poor boy. I something. Come easy go. What's the name of the song? Come on. Doesn't really matter to me. To me. Talk about an opera. This is like an opera. Right. Is this Bohemian Rhapsody? It is. Ah. Wow. That's right. A Night at the Opera is the name of the album. Hey, you know, you just said two titles A Night at the Opera and A Day at the Races. Both of those are. Marx Brothers movies. I didn't say Did you a know day that? at the races. Yeah, the last one you said, A Day at the Races. That was no, the name of the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did. So both, th- did you realize this? I'm just realizing this now. Both of those wow. were titles to Marx Brothers comedies. 
Interesting. Yeah, a night at the opera and a day at the races. Right. We'll see what's next. The Marx Brothers. See what the next one is. I wonder if... Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure... That can't be coincidence. No, no, it was done on purpose, I'm sure. Wow, well, that was Bohemian Rhapsody. That's the first time I'm ever realizing that. Right. In 2004, Bohemian Rhapsody was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame. So this is the great stuff. All right, here's the next song, 1977. Come on. We will rock what? you. We will. We will. Uh, okay, we so will. Close. We will rock you. <laughs> <laughs> You know your queen, boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knows queen like me. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, they were great. Man. So, We Will Rock You, written by Brian May for their album News of the World. Hmm. Ring a bell? That wasn't a grouch. Also inducted in the Grammy Hall of Fame. I've got one more. Are you ready to no, do it? No, we don't have time. Nope. All right. Well, you did. Well, you 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 won. Yeah. You won. You, you won, won the game. So, I didn't um, get that one, right? Or, right? It doesn't matter. You're still the winner. So well, you are I'm, the winner. Right, this is the way to good. win, Carl. No yeah. callers. You're always I a winner. I think we just figured something <laughs> figured out. out. <laughs> it's the way to go. All right. Thanks, Lisa. <laughs> sure. More of Hollywood 360. We'll listen to Mr. and Mrs. North after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. All right, time for Mr. and Mrs. North, a detective series created by Francis and Richard Lockridge. Uh, This was all about a fictional married couple appearing in novels, motion pictures, radio, and TV. The Norths were not professional detectives, Lisa. They were just a well-to-do New York couple who stumbled across a murder or two every week and felt compelled to solve the crime. It came to radio in 1942, and it was a top-rated show. 20 million weekly listeners. I mean, that's a lot of listeners. And Joseph Curtin and Alice Frost originally played the parts, then later Richard Denning and Barbara Britton, which is what we have for you right now. Richard Denning, Barbara Britton star in Operation Murder from September 19, 1954. Here's part one of Mr. and Mrs. North. Answer the door, will you, Jerry? All right, dear. Yes? Is the Dr. Keegan here? Dr. Keegan? Oh, yes, he's here. Take me to him. Hey, wait a minute. What are you doing with that gun? Take me to Dr. Keegan, Mr. North. Or you die, too. Mr. and Mrs. North, transcribed, starring Richard Denning and Barbara Britton. Listen as Pam and Jerry solve the mystery, Operation Murder. slums are a jungle from which few people ever escape and to which fewer still ever return voluntarily. But Dr. Charles Keegan is one who did return to stay, setting up an office in a crumbling brownstone building to serve the slums in which he had grown up. That was 20 years before Mary Allegro returned to the jungle. But unlike Dr. Charles Keegan, beautiful Mary Allegro hadn't returned voluntarily nor did she plan to stay 
as she stepped off the curb across the squalid street from her father's little shoe repair shop. But then... Still sleep. I know. Two days now she sleep. She's not I, Doc. Maria not I. You you fix. Please, you fix. Listen, Joe. Your daughter needs an operation. Rather delicate brain surgery. With it, she might have a chance, a very slim one, but a chance. Without it. Maria die. Yes. Then do the operation. Make Maria live. She's a good girl, Doc. People say no. Maria's bad. I leave her father and mother. Go away with the man. Who was the man, Joe? I don't know. I don't see Maria for ye, maybe. But Maria don't mean to be bad. Maria's just... Just a baby, Doc. I find the man that drives the car to hurt Maria. I... Charles. Yes, Helen. Hello, Mrs. King. Hello, Mr. Legro. Charles, Mr. North is on the phone. Mr. North, the publisher? Yes, and there's a Mr. Gorman waiting to see you. I go, Doc. All right, Joe. I'll telephone you. Thank you, Doc. Hello, Mr. North. Hello, Doctor. Look, uh, I just finished your manuscript, and I like it. Well, that's very good news, Mr. North. <laughs> when could we get together for a talk, Doctor? Well, anytime you say. Uh, the sooner the better. How about lunch today? I'm uh, meeting Mrs. North at the Colonial Club at 1. Could you join us? At the Colonial Club? Well, yes, but the automat's a little more in my class. <laughs> Don't worry about the check. I'll deduct it from your first royalty payment. See you at 1. All right, Mr. North. Helen, he likes the book. Lunch at the Colonial Club. My, my, aren't you... Mr. North is paying for it, Helen. Naturally. Well, I hope you're a bigger success as an author than you have been as a doctor. Helen... I'll have Mr. Gorman come in. Doctor, we'll see you now. Thanks. Sit down, Mr. Gorman. Thanks. What can I do for you? I'm a friend of Mary Allegro. Oh? Are you the man that Mary... Yeah. I see. How is she, Doc? Her condition's very critical. I'm operating late this afternoon. Whether the surgery will save her, I don't know. What do you say the chances are? One in ten, one in a hundred, one this in... This isn't a bookie joint, Mr. Gorman. I don't quote odds. Okay. Look, Doc, here's what I came for. Me and my friends know about the swell job you're doing among the poor folks down here, and we'd be willing to help to work along with a little donation of, uh... We'll say $25,000. Twenty-five... If you guarantee that Mary's operation is a success. Well, Mr. Gorman, I can't guarantee that... Of course, your idea and my idea of a successful operation might be a little different. What's your idea? You know the old gag, Doc? The operation was a success, but a patient died. Are you suggesting that I deliberately... Yeah. Get out. Take it from me, Doc. Mary'd be better off. You'd be helping yourself and doing her a favor. Why, you... Now, get out. That wasn't smart, Doc. I'm telling you for the last time, Gorman. Get Relax, out. I'm going. Call the police, Doc? Yes. That's not smart either, Doc. You got a wife. You wouldn't want anything to happen to her, would you? Nothing's going to. You can't be too sure. Sometime next week, next month, next year, something might happen to her. 
Like what happened to Mary Allegra, maybe. You turn down my offer, okay. No hard feelings. Just don't try to be a hero. Now, how about it? So long, Pat. manuscript I read, Dr. Keegan, were fascinating. I, I didn't think the story of a doctor's work among the underprivileged could be so, so engrossing. But there are the weaknesses I pointed out, Doctor, and, uh, well, I think if you... Is something wrong, Doctor? What? Oh, sorry, Mr. North. You haven't touched your lunch, Doctor. I'm afraid I have too much on my mind to be interested in food, Mrs. North. I have a rather critical operation to perform late this afternoon. Oh, well, then, uh, why don't we discuss the changes some other time? Well, how about this evening? That'd give me some time to think about them and what you have in mind. All right, fine. Let's uh, let's make it eight thirty at my place. Well, I'll be there. Waiter, check please. Yes, sir. Could we drop you somewhere, doctor? No, thanks, Mrs. North. Helen, my wife, came uptown with me. She's meeting me here. Well, you should have had her join us. Some other time. Well, that's a date. See you later this evening, doctor. Goodbye, Doctor Keegan. Goodbye. Mrs. North wears beautiful clothes, doesn't she? Helen, how long have you been here? Five minutes. Well, why didn't you come over and meet the Norths? Looking like this? No, thank you. Bad enough having the waiter look at me as though I belonged out in the kitchen washing dishes. Look, Helen, when the book is published and we get some money... We'll pay up our bills, buy some new equipment for your office, and use the rest to live on while you take care of a lot of people who haven't enough money to buy a bottle of aspirin. Don't make any promises, Charles. I know what'll happen. Helen... Helen, what is it? What's the matter? You know what's the matter. I'm fed up. Right up to here. Come into a place like this. I see a woman like Mrs. North wearing beautiful clothes. I think how that could be for us, too, if you didn't have this missionary spirit. What do you want me to do? You had your chance this morning. What do you mean? I heard what that man Gorman asked you to do. Helen, are you proposing think that I... Think of it. $25,000, Charles. What we could do with it. We could go away. You could set up a decent practice. We could have a home, a nice home. A place where we could look out our window and see something besides open garbage cans. We could Stop have... it, Helen. Stop it. How can you sit there and ask me to, to, to murder... Charles, listen. Mary Allegro may die anyway, even with the operation, no matter what you do. She isn't going to die. She mustn't. She can't. But she might, so I... Charles. Ch Charles, where are you going? I need some fresh air. Charles! Charles! Is there anything wrong, madam? No. No, there's nothing wrong. Nothing at all. Hello? Mr. Gorman? That's right. This is Mrs. Keegan, Dr. Keegan's wife. My... My husband asked me to call you and tell you that he's changed his mind. He'll accept your proposition. Yeah? He wants you to meet me at his office at 7. I'll be there. With the money. Yeah, sure, Mrs. Keegan. With the money.
Mrs. Keegan? In here, Mr. Gorman, in the doctor's office. Close the door to the reception room, please. Yeah. Well, where's the doc? At the hospital. The operation should be over by now. I'm waiting for a call from him. Where's the money? You'll get it. After the doc calls. Well, there's no need... After the doc calls, Mrs. Keegan. Very well. Sit down. Sure. What? Why do you want Mary Allegro out of the way? Nice weather we're having, isn't it? Well, I... We have a right to know. Okay. Okay, I don't mind. She got to know a lot about my business. Very inquisitive, Mary was. Then when I tried to tell her maybe we wasn't made for each other like she thought, she got nasty and threatened to talk to people she shouldn't talk to, so... The telephone's ringing. Aren't you going to answer it? Yes. Hello? Yes, Charles? No. Mr. Allegro isn't here. I, I, I'm alone. Yes? Yes, Charles, I'll tell him. Well? Give me the money, Mr. Gorman. Mary Allegro is dead. That is one Hammond organ with a very dramatic feel, right, Lisa? That's right. If, if you say so, it is. Sounded very dramatic I, to it me. It sounded very Hammond to me. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. North. This was a good series. I tell you, popular people really tuned this in. This was destination radio for people back in the 40s and 50s. This broadcast uh, is from September 19, 1954. And these two actors, Barbara Britton and Richard Denning, who played Mr. and Mrs. North on radio, made the transition seamlessly to television. They were very attractive people. Mm -hmm. And the show was just as popular on TV with them in the roles. We'll get back to it in just a minute. Stick around. If you enjoy classic radio shows like The Lone Ranger, Sam Spade, Burns and Allen, Have Gun, Will Travel, Gangbusters, and Sherlock Holmes, become a member of the Classic Radio Club. Each month, you'll receive 10 half-hour classic radio shows along with historical liner notes. The 10 shows will be on five CDs or via digital download, whichever you prefer. You'll also receive an email every week with a digital link to the full five-hour Hollywood 360 radio show and the 30-minute Radio Rarities podcast that Carl Amari and I co host in total you'll receive 34 classic radio shows per month become a classic radio club member at classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 to speak to a live operator log on to classicradioclub.com or call 815-900-7535 that's 815-900-7535 And now back to Hollywood 360 with Carl Amari. Have I told you? Lately, that I love you? <laughs> no, have I told you oh, how sorry. happy I am that Mies Meals is back, Lisa? 
Oh, I mean, I'm feeling the love, Carl, with Mies Meals. Meals is back, and they have a special limited-time offer. When you order Mies Meals the very first time, you can take 50% off your order by using the promo code CARL at checkout. Yep, Mies Meals is back for a limited time. And uh, Lisa and I and Mike, we get it each and every week. I'm telling you folks, you'd love it. You know, it's that age-old question, what's for dinner? Well, I know what's for dinner. It's Mies Meals because... I don't have to decide. I don't have to shop. I don't have to think about what ingredients I need. I don't have to chop and and cut and clean and wash and measure. It is all done for me. And I end up preparing a gourmet meal that I absolutely could not have done without the help of Mies Meals. Yeah, and it's like in 20 minutes it's on your table. Not only time-wise, but with the ingredients all ready for me and all measured out. And with this really simple recipe card that gives me step-by-step instructions of what to do. And then I end up either putting in the oven or on the stove. And I cook a gourmet hot meal every week with Mies Meals. And your family's like, wow, Lisa. Exactly. It's a shocker. Wow. I mean, big uh, yeah. wow. Yeah, it's Mies is a big wow. Yeah, and you know, and here's the thing. It's not only super easy and convenient, but when you taste it, when you put that food in your mouth, you're going to be like, wow, it's um, it's unbelievable. It's so, it's so delicious. And you know, it's so much nicer than going out. It's just yeah. nice to stay home and have a home-cooked meal with your family right in your own kitchen, and that's what Mies Meals does for you. Folks, try it out. Go to MiesMeals.com. That's M-E-E-Z, Meals.com. Make sure you use the promo code CARL at checkout. Save 50% off your first order. All right, we're listening to Mr. and Mrs. North. This is a broadcast from September 19, 1954, called Operation Murder. Here's the conclusion. And now back to Mr. and Mrs. North. the money, Mr. Gorman? Here you are, Mrs. Keegan. Count it. $5,100 bills. Fifty? Well, that's only $5,000. That's right. Where's the rest of it? There isn't any rest of it, Mrs. Keegan. That's it. All of it. You told my husband you'd give him $25,000. Sure, that's what I told your husband, but that isn't what I told you. Well, you can't get away with this. You give me the rest of that money or I'll... Oh, you'll what? Tell the doc? <laughs> oh, come off it, Mrs. Keegan. I wasn't born yesterday. Well, you might not believe it, but I've been up as far as 42nd Street several times. <laughs> you think you've been kidding me? Uh-uh. What are you talking about? Your husband, the doc, he wasn't in on this. Okay, so the operation flopped. Mary died, but that wasn't his fault. He did the best he could. He wanted to save her like she was his own daughter. No. Yeah. Yeah, Mrs. Keegan. Listen, I saw the look in his eyes when he clouded me this morning. A guy with a look like that doesn't change his mind about a thing like this, never. He did, I tell you, he did. Mary Allegro meant nothing to him. She was just a little tramp. Why should he save a life? Because he's a doctor, and you can't buy him for 25000 I know, I tried. You bought my husband. I bought you. Just you. Now, look, you were playing me for a sucker. I didn't have to give you a cent. Not a cent. So you take the 5000 and be glad you Wait. got... What's the matter? I... Thought I heard someone in the reception room. Mr. Allegro! Mr. Allegro!
died less than a half an hour after she came out of surgery. Oh, how awful. Have the police found the driver of the hit-and-run car? No, Mr. North, not yet. What if they do? How will that help Mary Allegra? You know, I'm not a particularly religious man, but I prayed every minute I was operating that I could save her. You mustn't blame yourself, Doctor. You did everything you could, so... I know, Mrs. North. But this wasn't just another operation as far as I was concerned. It was... Oh, well. I'd rather not talk about it. The door. I'll answer it. Yes? Is Dr. Keegan here? Dr. Keegan? Yes, he's... Take me to him. Hey, wait a minute. Put that gun... Take me? Jerry, dear, what's... Joe. (gasps) Joe, what are you doing with that gun? I kill you. Joe, what's the matter with you? Look, you crazy... You killed my Maria. I hear Mrs. Keegan say you make the operation fail. Okay, doctor, now you pay. No, don't. Look out, Pam. Joe, give me that gun. Don't, Jerry. He's getting away. Let him go. Come back here, you... Let him go, darling. Please let him go. Okay. Dr. Keegan. Dr. Keegan, are you... I'm all right. Thanks to you, Mr. North. If you hadn't hit his arm... Who was that man? Mary Allegro's father. Oh, the man's out of his mind. What, what did he mean when he said... Look, Mr. North, I've got to go. Go, but, but you There's just... something I must do right away. Good night. Dr. Keegan. Well, of all the... What are you doing, Jerry? I don't know what that little drama was all about, dear, but I'm going to call Bill Wigand. talk to you, Gorman. Why, sure, Doc. Come in. Where's my wife, Gorman? How should I know? She wasn't at home or at my office. I thought she might be here. Why should she be? Let's not play games, Gorman. You paid my wife some money tonight, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I did. How much? $5,000. Why? Relax, Doc. I know you did the best you could for Mary Allegro. Then why did you give Mrs. Keegan $5,000? She took a chance. She gambled that Mary would die. Well, I like gamblers. That's why I paid her. You didn't figure that the money would give you a hold on me through her. Doesn't it? No. Oh? You outsmarted yourself, Gorman. I was afraid of you this morning, afraid for my wife. But I don't have to be anymore. Helen and I are through. After I find her and make her tell the truth to the police... story, Bill. Uh, Allegro didn't say anything more before he took his shot at the doctor? No, Bill, that's all. He accused Dr. Keegan of killing his daughter and yelled something about hearing Mrs. Keegan saying the doctor made the operation fail and then started shooting. Here's Dr. Keegan's office, Bill. Well, let's see if he didn't have a talk with him. I have a hunch this has something to do with that hit-and-run accident. That sounds like a pretty good guess, Pam. Keegan's office is the first door to the right. Mm-hmm. There's a light on in there, so someone must... Have... Hey, shot came from Keegan's office. Let's try the door, Jerry. It's locked. We've got to get in there. Well, put your shoulder to it, Jerry. Let's oh. see if we can force it. Okay, well, Jerry. Oh. That did it. Well, this is the reception room. There, there must be... Oh, Jerry. Bill, look. In the other office, slumped over the desk. 
Keegan. Come on. Oh, Jerry. He's dead. And the person who killed him must have gone out that door. Yeah. See anything? No. Well, I'll call headquarters and find out... Someone's coming. Charles? Charles, are, are you... Charles? You've no idea what Allegro meant when he accused your husband of making his daughter's operation fail? I've told you, Lieutenant. No, not the slightest. Man must be insane. Do you have to ask me these questions now? I'm sorry, Mrs. Keegan, but I do. Uh, excuse me a moment, please. Is the medical examiner through, Jerry? Yes, Bill. They just removed Keegan's body. Well, look, there's nothing more I'll want you and Pam for, so uh, why don't you go on home, huh? All right, Bill. Oh, uh, by the way, Bill, this yes. envelope was uh, on the desk under Keegan's body. It's the manuscript I gave back to him at lunch today. Well, do you want to take it? No, if it's all right with you. Oh, sure, sure, go ahead. Thanks. Good night, Bill. Good night, Jerry. Pam. Good night, Bill. Well, now, Mrs. Keegan, let's get down. What? Now, where the devil she get to? I think I'll leave the car in front of the apartment tonight, Pam. All right, dear. Well, don't forget the manuscript. No, I've got it. It's horrible about Dr. Keegan, Jerry. I can't imagine... Well, yes. Who is it, Jerry? I don't know. I want to see you a minute. What about? That envelope. Hand it over. Who are you and what... Cut the chatter and give me that envelope. Look out, Jerry. Give it to me. Okay, fellow. You and your gun makes you one too many. So take it. Here. That's better. Now turn around and start walking. Go on, move. Anything you say. Come along, dear. Yes, Jerry. Pam, dear, what are you doing? Getting a mirror out of my purse. Well, this is hardly the time to worry about whether your lipstick is on straight. I'm not, darling. I'm improvising a rear-view mirror. My, my, how clever of you. And what do you see? That man getting into a taxi. Come on, Jerry. Now we can get back into our car and follow him. Mr. Gorman. Yeah? Did you get the envelope? What's it look like? Oh, thank heavens. Now look, Mrs. Keegan, we're in trouble. Bad trouble. And you running out on that homicide guy didn't help. Hold it. Who could that be? I don't know. Get in the other room. But I... Go on, will you? Mr. Gorman. Yeah? Who are you? I'm Major Allegro. Allegro? Maria's a father. Yeah? Well, what do you want? You pay Dr. Keegan to make the operation on Maria fail. What are you going to do with that gun? I killed Dr. Keegan with it. What? Yeah. I killed Dr. Keegan. Now I kill you. Why he'd want that 
manuscript, Jerry? Not a one, Bill. But whatever the reason, he wanted it badly enough to have used his gun to get it if necessary. And what's the address you followed him to? 231 Stanton Street. Uh It's an apartment house. The elevator went up to the seventh floor, but there are only two apartments to a floor, so we won't be hard to find. We got the two names on the seventh floor from the mailbox. What are they? Well, one's a Mr. and Mrs. Craig, and the other one's a man named Tex Gorman. Tex Gorman? That name means something to you, Bill? Yeah, a lot. Uh, Look, Jerry, Stanton Street's only a few blocks away. I'll meet you out in front of 231 in five minutes. Telling you, Mr. Allegro, you got it all wrong. Doc Keegan did his best for Mary. No, you pay him to make No, him no, little... believe me, I didn't give him anything. Not a cent. Now, look, Allegro, put that gun away. Now, don't do something you'll be sorry for. I'm not sorry I killed the doctor. Why I'd be sorry I killed you? Put down that gun, Mr. Allegro. Mrs. Keegan. Put it down. So, you he too, eh? Okay, it saved me the trouble of... Look out! Hold on to him. I got him. Let go of me. I kill you. I kill you. Drop that gun. No. No. Just hold it. Hit him again. There. This old coot's as nutty as a coconut grove. Where'd you get hold of a gun? Never mind. Call the police. The police? You heard me. Hey, you're as nutty as this old guy here. He killed my husband. You heard him say so. Okay, but... Open up, woman. It's the police. Police. Open the door. No. Then I will. Stay away from it. Don't be a fool. They must know we're in here. Hide that manuscript and we'll be all right. All right, I'll put the envelope in this drawer. All right. Open up, Gorman. Okay, okay. Hello, Lieutenant. Well, Mrs. Keegan, so this is where you disappeared to. There's the man, Bill. He's the one who took the manuscript. That's the guy, Bill. He... Bill, look over there on the floor. Mr. Allegro. What's the matter with him? Nothing. We had to knock him out. That's all he was going to kill me. Why? Oh, he just got some screwy idea. I paid Doc Keegan to see to it his daughter didn't get off that operating table alive. That's why he killed my husband. How do you know he killed him? He admitted it. Allegro's coming around, Bill. Then ask him. Go on. Do you understand what she's saying, Allegro? She says you admit killing Dr. Keegan. Now, is that true? Yes, I followed him from the hospital to the apartment. I killed him. You followed him from where, Allegro? From the hospital to the apartment. You there, you see me kill him. Wait a minute, Bill. Allegro thinks he killed Keegan when he took a shot at him at our place. I did. Oh, no, you didn't, Mr. Allegro. Well, in that case, it looks as though we'd better get back to you, Tex. Now, suppose you start by telling us what you wanted with Dr. Keegan's manuscript. What manuscript? The envelope you took from Mr. North and me. I don't know what you're talking about. I never saw you two before in my life. Are you... No, 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 no. Take it easy, Pam. Take it easy. A story like Gorman's won't stand up in a murder trial. A murder trial? Why, sure, Gorman. What do you think you were going to get for killing Keegan? A two weeks vacation in Florida? I didn't kill Keegan. Why would I? To keep him from going to the police about your little offer. We might want to know if you hadn't tried to kill Mary Allegro before in a hit-and-run accident. No. Then why'd you take that manuscript from the Norths? Okay. Okay, I'll show you why. No. Yeah. Here, Lieutenant, take a look at this. It was stuck in the envelope with the manuscript. What is it, Bill? A confession written for Mrs. Keegan to sign. A confession of what, Bill? That she accepted $5,000 from Tex Gorman without her husband's knowledge or consent. Keegan wrote it. How do you know? She told me. 
After she took a powder on you, Lieutenant, she called me and told me I had to get the envelope from the nurse here. Okay, Gorman, but you wouldn't want this floating around any more than Mrs. Keegan would. So this doesn't help you very much. Oh, but it does. Does what? Help Tex Gorman. How, Pam? Obvious. Oh, Pam, dear, you always say something is obvious when you know perfectly well it isn't. All right, then it isn't obvious. No one in the world could possibly see that the person who killed Dr. Keegan is the person who first knew about the statement he wrote for his wife to sign. Oh, Pam. And it's the most obscure thing that, uh, that since Mrs. Keegan told Tex Gorman to get the envelope from us, she knew about it first. And... Look out, Bill. I grab it, Jerry. I've got it. Take your hands off me. Sit down, Mrs. Keegan. Sit down and relax. And it's practically incomprehensible that Mrs. Keegan couldn't have known about it first unless she'd killed her husband, but couldn't take the statement with her then because we were right outside the office door. Okay, Pam, okay. You're right. You win. Darling, that's obvious. All right, Mrs. Keegan. You and Gorman are going for a one-way ride with me to headquarters. <laughs> Yes, dear. Darling, it's almost two o'clock. Aren't you coming to bed at all tonight? Oh, I'm sorry. I got to looking over Keegan's manuscript again, and I forgot the time. I've been thinking about him. Oh, gollies, Jerry, I'm glad you're not a doctor. Yeah, Dr. Keegan, anyway. Just any doctor. They see so much misery and suffering. Their lives aren't their own. Oh, I know that you stay up till two in the morning working sometimes, but, well, that's because you want to, not because you have to. You're not called out at all hours of the night to... Who could that be? Yeah, I'll answer it. Hello. Oh, oh, hello, Mac. Yes. I see. All right. Who was it, dear? The foreman of the print shop. They've lost the plate to page 51 of that new novel we're bringing out, and I've got to go down and help them find it. Mr. and Mrs. North stars Barbara Britton and Richard Denning and features Francis DeSales. Be sure to join us again next week when Pam and Jerry are let in for a hot time by a visiting fireman who comes to New York to claim his mail-order bride and finds he has lost the race with death in the mystery Murder by Mail. The characters of Mr. and Mrs. North are based on those originally created by Francis and Richard Lockridge. Tonight's script was by Ken Field. Music is by Del Castillo. Mr. and Mrs. North Transcribed is a John W. Loveton production. Art Ballinger speaking. You hear America's favorite shows on the CBS radio network. That's Mr. and Mrs. North, September 19th, 1954, Operation Murder, starring Barbara Britton and Richard Denning, is heard on CBS. How many of you wish there was a better alternative to the sensationalism and outrageous bias in mainstream media? For more than 65 years, National Review has covered the most important issues and political questions facing the country from a common-sense conservative perspective. As a longtime reader of National Review... I can honestly say that National Review doesn't fall for political fads or hysteria, and they never do clickbait. Their commentary and opinion journalism is rooted in a love for America 
and an allegiance to the nation's founding principles. And now National Review is offering Hollywood 360 listeners 60% off of any subscription option, and I would personally recommend their digital membership, NR+. With NR+, you can access all of their content on the website and app, including the digital magazine, and you'll never get locked out of articles by the paywall. Plus, membership includes other perks like reduced ads on the site and my favorite, invitations to monthly calls with NR editors and political leaders. Visit nationalreview.com slash Hollywood today to take 60% off your subscription. That's nationalreview.com slash Hollywood. All right, time for this month in music history. All right, we're going back to the 1960s. See if you recognize this song. Ragdoll. <laughs> it's Ragdoll. So yeah. close to Ragtime. I am a huge fan of the Beach the Four... Boys. No, the... oh, four... <laughs> four we did the Beach Boys. Oh yeah, Four Seasons. Um, this is the Four Seasons. Um, this is released in 1964, and of course, you know when they came to through Chicago and um, uh, what was the name of the show now? Um, I don't know. The Four Seasons. No. I don't know. Um, oh, Jersey it. Boys. Jersey Boys. Thank you. I can't believe you had to help me with that. Anyways, Jersey Boys, Four Seasons, Ragdoll, great stuff. All right. More of Hollywood 360 after this short break. More Hollywood 360 after these important messages. Now back to the best in classic radio on Hollywood 360. Don't forget to give your pastor a pastor box. Your pastor or small group leader will love a pastor box. Visit pastorbox.com and use code I love my pastor for $25 off each quarterly shipment. That's I love my pastor. And uh, make sure that you give your pastor or small group leader a pastor box. They will absolutely Love you for it and love the Pastor Box. In our next hour, we're going to tune in to the Burns and Allen Show from 1942. We'll also play Is It Real or Is It Ridiculous, the music edition, right, Lisa? That's right. I'm looking forward to this. We're going to uh, talk about um, iconic commercials. What? Mm-hmm. Songs that are paired oh, with iconic commercials. songs that are paired with iconic commercials. Mm-hmm. Have we ever done that before? No, we have not. Boy, you're really mixing it up, huh, Lisa? That's how I roll, Man, all right. (laughs) It's all in our next hour. See you soon. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.